Support Our Sinclair and listen ad-free. Go to patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Our Sinclair is also brought to you by the Div MMC Future from thefuturewas8bit.com. Quit waiting on tapes and fooling around with WAV files and load your games instantly with the Div MMC Future, a jumperless, switchless SD storage solution for all ZX Spectrums, from the 16K all the way to the plus three. Get yours today at thefuturewas8bit.com. Hi everybody, welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're gonna be talking about Cabal. Cabal, all right, man. Yeah, now, when I first heard about this game, yeah. I thought it was... <laughs> I'm scared to hear where this is going. I thought it was about, uh, remember Huckleberry Hound? I do. Now, I think that he was a, he, he used to be like a superhero that would swing like with his guitar. No, yeah, it's a whole different guy. You're talking about El Cabal? Yeah. That's what the game was about. <laughs> no. 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 Was that not Huckleberry Hound? No, either? that wasn't Huckleberry Hound. That guy was a horse, I believe. <laughs> Huckleberry Hound's a hound. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, I, I do recall that guy being a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're really was... <laughs> quite dumb, aren't you? It's hard to believe you're teaching people. You're talking about molding young minds. Don't, just don't teach them about cartoons. You'll well, be fine. What was El Kamong's alter ego i can't uh oh gosh what was it it wasn't quick draw mcgraw was it was that him i think that that was a dog also no 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 how could a, how can you have a quick drawing animal with no opposable fingers you can't draw with a hoof dude the, the animals talk and dance <laughs> so, I mean, so you're hung up on the thumbs they speak they walk upright they wear clothes He's a horse that wears clothes. He plays guitar. How does he do that with no fingers? These are all good points. <laughs> really didn't think this through, did you? Huckleberry Hound wears a hat. He's from the <laughs> South. Does that make any sense? Come on. And none of this has a darn thing to do with Cabal. That was an interesting name choice with Cabal. Does Cabal mean anything as far as you know? Isn't it like a uh, like a kind of an evil agreement between two parties? Like they put together like a like a cabal. Or, that sounds I right. I could be full of crap on that. But that has nothing to do with this game. Quick draw, McGraw. Thank you, Doug. Doug here for the save. Mm. No cabong is when he hits people with a guitar, like the Honky Tonk Man or Jeff Jarrett. Okay. Thing, yeah. Um. So cabal, not not El Cabong. No. Yeah, that's all I, I, I was going to... completely gonna, shot now. I really thought that we were going to have this big talk about how, you know, El Cabong and, and all that. You thought this was going to be a real, a, a real like, uh, uh, eyebrow-raising well, conversation. Well, I, no, I was going to go into the history of Huckleberry Hound and how go we ahead. played his games go and ahead all that and get, stuff. Go into it, though. We can still go into it. Go ahead. Tell me about it. What's well, his history? Well, you played Huckleberry you Hound You don't know anything about Huckleberry Hound, I was you? expecting you to inform me. Listen, I didn't like those old Hannibal Bear cartoons that much, man. I like the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Those are all Hanna Barbera cartoons, right? But I mean, they went through this phase, all right. So you got, you got your, you got your, uh, your uh, Flintstones. You've got your Jetsons. You got your Scooby Doo's. These are good cartoons. Space Ghost was pretty good. Speed Buggy. No, see that you just jumped the shark right there. Then you go into this weird. First of all, they ripped off Scooby Doo with every one of their properties. 
You had Jabba Jaws. You had Speedbug. You had Captain Came. All they're just they're, they're just ripoffs. Just insert something else for the dog. Mm -hmm. You got a talking shark. You got a talking car. You got a talking whatever. Okay, Captain Caveman, whatever mm -hmm. the heck he was. He didn't even look like a man. So those all suck. Then you had all their weird characters. Amazing right? Chan and the Chan Snag Clan. Snaggletooth and Huckleberry Hound and all these weird characters. The uh, Laugh Olympics crew. Do uh, Doggy Daddy. Yep. You know, all these guys. And then you had the Laugh Olympics, which I will give them credit. They, they, they took all their weird stew of characters and smushed them into teams. At least that was sort of funny. Mm -hmm. it was a, it was a, I like that show a lot. It was a one-trick pony, mm -hmm. but you know. You also had like stuff like the Blue Falcon and Dynamo. That's something else I like to do. They take a cool concept and then stick an idiot with them. Mm -hmm. I hate when they have a cool guy and he's got a monkey. Right. Or a stupid dog. You know, you ruin the cool guy with the crap. What was the cartoon with like the Gloop? That was um, Gloop and Gleep and the uh, uh, Herculoids. The yeah. Herculoids. I Is did that... like the Herculoids. Okay. Because Gloop and Gleep were dumb. But they were also like they could mess you up. Right. They were big weird blobs. Mm -hmm. They could blob you up. Yeah. You know. That was Hanna Barbera, also, right? That's right. Okay. And then they had that weird because think about who was in the Herculoid. Right? Do you remember? You don't no. even know. You got Gloop and Gleep. Okay. Right? You got the main Herculoid dude. You got his hot chick. Right. That was like he was like a barbarian. Was is Herculoid? That's not the one that was like in 1997. No. No. I'll, no. I'll that get was Thunder. Yeah, yeah. I get that in the middle. In a minute. But then you got, so you got him, his hot chick. So he's like a barbarian. She's like a barbarian chick or an Amazon. And then you had his weird crew, okay? He had uh, like a, a, a triceratops combined with a rhino that shot crap out of a horn, right? Whatever that was, armored. Mm -hmm. And then you had a dragon they hung out with, and he did stuff. He didn't speak, though. No, but he, he didn't have to. He's a freaking dragon. He'd fly down. The, he would, I think he shot lasers or something out of his mouth, whatever. It didn't matter. He'd kill you, all right? They were an interesting crew, right? And then you graduated up to when you had Thundar, which was a, that was a good show. So that was the the top of that particular. In genre. my opinion, you had like Thundar, the post-apocalyptic caveman. You had Thund. Well, no, it was it was post-apocalyptic, but he wasn't a caveman. Well, no, he was, but he I mean, barbarian. It seems like people were dressed in a lot of like furs and pelts and things. They well, he was because he's a barbarian. Because you got to think about it, he hung out with a guy named Ukla the Mock, who was covered in fur. Where did Thunder get his fur? I would ask. I mean, Ukla's, Ukla's parents? Well, maybe Ukla sheds a lot. Or maybe I don't so. Know. Then you had, uh, so he had a fabulous sun sword. Then you had uh, uh, Ariel, who was the wizard chick, the hot sorceress mm -hmm. that was with him. And because a runaway planet hurtled between the Earth and the sun, unleashing, or, yeah, Earth and the moon, unleashing cosmic destruction, it tore the moon in half, jacked up the Earth. Boy. That was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool cartoon. It's a good setup. Yeah, it was. It was a great cartoon, but it was so violent they took it off the air. Mm. It's a bummer when that happens. Yeah, they having some of the good cartoons too. So, but I mean, so that in, in, that in, uh, encompasses the Hanna Barbera of my youth. Oh, I forgot. Oh, that's not true. We've got Johnny Quest. That was also a pretty good show. That was that was. I guess that was. How does that fit in with like Snaggletooth and all those guys? It was well, Johnny Quest, I believe, because it was, was early, early the late sixties, early seventies, yeah. and they were real well done. Yeah, uh, but they. It's funny because when Cartoon Network got in cahoots with Hanna Barbera, and they brought a lot of these goofs back for like Space Ghost Coast to mm -hmm. Coast, yeah. all the wacky stuff they did. Atari, uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney mm -hmm. at Law, you know, stuff I like that. I love those shows. You know, so Hanna Barbera. It's funny when when the near the the close by amusement park to us is that's not Canada Park is Kings Island. And when I was a kid, Hanna Barbera it was the lights that they yeah. had for their little fun world. Mm -hmm. and that was I remember that being you know kind of neat. Yeah. So. None of this has anything to do with Cabal. 
None. None. So memorize that. It has nothing to do with Huckleberry Hound. You know, That's the stupidest connection you've ever made. For the last five minutes, I've been waiting to just have silence so I can put in the ad. And you just keep going. <laughs> I will, listen, don't poke the bear. I'll talk. You give me any subject, I'll go on for 20 minutes. That's what I do. Let's talk about Cabal, Aaron. <laughs> I find this far less interesting than the Hanna Barbera talk. So, you know, Cabal, I was telling the chat before you uh, came back down with your fancy water that I actually, this is one of the games for this, uh, that I've actually played in the arcade back in the day. So, uh, Cabal a, uh, was released in 89 for the ZX. Um, this was authored by an outfit called Special FX Software Limited. Okay. Boat. I can see it. Now, here's a list of some of the stuff they did. Uh, Batman. Remember Batman? I remember Batman. Firefly, not the cool space show. Guts with a Z. Cool guy style. Hudson Hawk, because that game was on every system ever. <laughs> ever. That um, game has got to be the movie, like the worst movie with the most licenses. <laughs> it may be. Have you ever seen Hudson Hawk? No. I knew it. Um, Hyperactive. Hysteria. Midnight Resistance, which we covered, I believe. Red Heat. That's another bad movie. And Toki. Which I think you like Toki when we put on the Amiga. Now, this was programmed by a pretty legendary guy named Jim Bagley. Have you heard of him? Mm -mm. Really? Uh, he, he worked on all the games I just mentioned, plus uh, most of them anyway, plus Roadrunner, Street Sports, Basketball. And he worked on World Class Leaderboard Golf, which we both like. I love World Class. Yeah. Uh, the graphics were done on this by Charles Davies. He's another guy of, of some uh, repute. Uh, he did Batman. He did Flight the Flight Simulator for the uh, ZX, Guts, Hudson Hawk, a lot of the same stuff we talked about. The music was done by a fellow named Keith Tinman, who worked pretty much on all the stuff we mentioned now, earlier. Uh, the, I guess the music, because the music is the title track in the 128K version. There's no in-game music. In yes, yeah, I played, oh, that's, yeah, that's what I got. Again, mm -hmm. I, sometimes it's hard for me to tell, but uh, the version I played had opening music. If it has opening music, it is the 128K yeah, version. Yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah. So, um, this is a, now, in the arcade, this was a two-player simultaneous game, but on the uh, ZX here. In fact, on most of the home releases, this is a, it's one-player hot, or two-player hot seat. So they didn't, really, I think the only one that got two-player simultaneous, I believe, was the Super Nintendo version of this, or Nintendo, maybe, maybe the NES. Yeah, the, the Super NES Nintendo version, yeah, it was the NES. It got, it got two-player simultaneous. Um, originally uh, came out on cassette for nine pound, and the disc version was a, Hefty, 15-pounder boats. One of the most expensive uh, Spectrum games we've covered. Well, that is a disc, pounds. the disc version. That's so true. I guess it didn't sell too many. Um, this also came out on the Amiga, the Amstrad, the C64, uh, MS-DOS. I believe the DOS. Was that a booter? I'm not sure. And then there was the NES version of this. So before we get too far in this, let's talk about the arcade version, because I, I like to go into that a little bit since we actually uh, have played the arcade version. In fact, I'd played it well before I'd played this one. Now, this was developed by an outfit called the TAD Corporation. Okay. A weird name, and TAD's all caps, so I don't know what, maybe it stands for something in Japanese. Yeah. Uh, published by uh, Taito, or Taito, depending on where you're at. And this came out in the arcade September of 88, so they had a pretty quick turnaround on this thing, uh, Boatster. Uh, ironically, the uh, CPU in the arcade machine is 68,000, so oh. I thought I'd mention that. So, uh, what is Cabal, all right? What you do, this is a unique game. I'm not sure I played anything like it when it came out. 
you are a, uh, a one, you one or two players in the arcade. You're a guy that is a gun and grenades, and your goal is to shoot as many enemies as you can as fast as you can. Right. And it's laid out almost like a, almost like a, a, a like an Operation Wolf or something style game. Where you are at the bottom of the screen, and you have a cursor that moves around the top, like that, it really moves on the whole screen. Mm -hmm. And whatever you focus on, you can shoot with your grenade or your bullets. Right. Plus, if you if you let go of the buttons, you can move your guy around, so he can actually move and he can shoot. It's which is an unusual gameplay element. Well, mode. here's what I think. Okay. I think that these guys, the Tad Boys, <laughs> yeah. that's what they call them. Um, they saw the success of Operation Wolf, yeah, and they were like, "Well, now we've got this JAMA standard. We've got all these people with these upright, you know, basic arcade outfits with a joystick and a couple buttons. What can we do to give them the same kind of experience so they don't have to buy an Operation Wolf machine?" And that's what this is. Well, the difference here's the flaw in your plan. All right, this game was a two trackball. Four button game, and I don't know any games that had that set up. So it's gonna be a hard, that's a hard conversion. So I'm assuming they would have also shipped you the control panel. Okay. I don't know. I, did, I, don't, I, I didn't do. I guess I didn't do my research on the arcade version. I figured this was just a joystick and a couple. Well, button it game. was both, and okay. I'll get into that. Uh, also, this game, I don't know if it, I can't. I didn't look to see if it was jam. It may or may not be. I don't know. Uh, so, but irrelevant to our conversation here. So I played when I played this game. I'm pretty sure it had the trackball version. They had a trackball version and they had a joystick version of this game. Okay, um, again, you're moving the cursor around with the whatever you've got. Let's say trackball in the arcade, uh, and so when you put the cursor over something, you, you you tap your button and you shoot whatever the cursor is on. It's, it's it's a lot like how we. It's what it reminds me of is when we play uh, gun games in Mame or something. You use the mouse yeah. to move around. It's basically like that. It's a gun game where you don't actually use a gun because it lets you move around. Now, I can tell you when this came in the arcade, I did see it a few times. I did play it. I think I played it once, and I didn't like it. I, it it's so chaotic and weird. It's it, These games where we had this perspective, and they never appealed to me that much in the arcade. It, it does sort of remind you, as, like, uh, if you had a game like... Um, <coughs> Oh, what's it called? Uh, it's like the Afterburner game where the the, the scenery is scrolling by. G-Lock. No, oh. but you're on a jetpack, and you're. This is a super famous game. I just can't think of the name of it. Um, anyway, it's it's like I always feel like in this game you should see you should be walking forward. It shouldn't be stationary. There was a game in the arcade. Well, Space Harrier. Space Thank Harrier. you, Rule of Thirds. There's a game. I think it was called like I think there were several different types, but like GI Joe's is the one that comes to mind. Where you, yeah, GI Joe's. But a lot I didn't like, like this those too. games either. To yeah. be honest with you, this game reminds me an awful lot of just like an Operation Wolf, except you can move your guy a little bit. And I don't know how much you moved your guy. We'll talk about that in a minute. I didn't move him a ton when I, when I was playing this because if I didn't have to. Anyway. Uh, in the arcade, you've got five stages with four screens on each stage. Okay, which that actually came right home. That's exactly the same way it is on the uh, on the spectrum. Uh, in the arcade, you also had boss fights. Again, same thing. So they pretty much brought a lot of the game home. Roy, really, like I said, the one the one big difference is uh, you don't have that two player simultaneous. So the arcade had good graphics. They were colorful. Uh, one of the big things in the arcade is that you had destructible environments. This made the game you very unique at the time. <clears throat> um, when you're out there shooting, you're not just the shooting men, you're also shooting uh, helicopters and tanks and trucks, whatever they can come up with that drives across the screen. 
Uh, so, and the arcade game did well enough to get ported to some systems. Uh, uh, from what I read on the net, it was an okay seller. It was the concept was unique and it did okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so there you go. I don't remember Tad. The corporate. I Tad. definitely don't remember ever seeing this in an arcade, and I've never played well, this I'm in old. an arcade. I'm old. Um, but I've seen tons of. I mean, compared to Operation Wolf. This was not a big success. Right. So let's flash forward here to the actual Spectrum version. So um, this game is sort of a famous port in a way because uh, of Jim Bagley's uh, working in it. Now, we, you know, he also did Midnight Resistance, like I said, we, which we looked at a while back. And this game shares some similarities with that, including some of the ways, some of the graphical touches that he used in this. Um, you'll notice that your player... Uh, has a kind of like a faint outline around them, which is the same way in Midnight Resistance. It helps, suppose it's, it's it's a graphic line to help you differentiate oh, yeah. the eyes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I found a little interview with Bagley when he was talking about this. He talked about one of the things this game has is it's got. It, I mean, we play a lot of Spectrum games that are almost monochrome. This one has distinct colors. I mean, they did a pretty good job with the background color because the funny thing about this game, which we'll get into this more in a minute. A lot of this game is just there are some backgrounds and then stuff goes on in front of them. They don't really, not all levels like that, but a lot of levels, it's just crazy stuff going on on a colorful background, but the backgrounds look good. But they asked him how he pulled this off, and he, what he said was it was clever use of boundaries. Anything that had color, the enemies went behind. So they'd go behind the buildings, you'd shoot the buildings, and they'd crumble away, leaving the sprites. Therefore, the sprites would hardly uh, ever go through two changes of color. Also, the arcade game had a bunch of baddies on the screen, and he thought it was important to replicate that, so he would get as much stuff on as possible, but it, you know, with stuff in the way, he could pile tons of stuff on the screen, mm -hmm. make it look like there was a lot going on, and still not have a bunch of slowdown or a bunch of color clash. And yeah. He, this game, I mean, this game, I feel that this game is a programming feat. I feel like they've pulled all the tricks mm -hmm. out of the book to make this game work. I agree. Because when you, one of the things you'll be struck with, first mm -hmm. of all, the, we should mention that the loading screen is very attractive. You did mm -hmm. a good job on that, which we see that a lot. So when the game comes up, there's you know it's a pretty stylish uh, outfit that did it because it's a crazy rainbow menu. It's a real, it's a lot of the menus are pretty lame on the on the spectrum. This is a pretty colorful menu. Mm. It's got a lot. Of, the options are top shelf. I just again, I usually I play with the keyboard most of the time, and I did on this one too. And uh, uh, it lets you assign the keys, and you're you're what you're assigned the four directions: a grenade, uh, shooting, and a pause button. You know, normal stuff. It also has the joystick support. So when you start this game up, the first thing you realize is that there are a ton of guys coming out. I mean, it's crazy, and they never stop. Because the way this game works is, instead of having this, you don't clear a level by just killing all the guys. You finish the level by finishing your enemy kill bar at the bottom right. of the screen. Is there a better so, word for well, that? Well, let me explain. So yeah. you, it, when you're playing a, 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 a normal game, people are familiar with uh, life bars. And you've yeah. got a life bar, and then the boss has a life bar. The enemy has a life bar. Well, imagine if all of the enemy life bars were contained into one mega life bar. Yeah. And you've got to make that life bar go down to nothing. So, you know, as you kill enemies, you see this life bar going down, and that's how you that's how you beat the stage. It's, it's I gotta be honest with you, I, I liked it. I thought it was a, a neat concept and much better than just like kill all the guys or, you know, it was it was something different. I, uh, it's, it is different. I, I remember, again, I, when I played this in the arcade, and I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, here were my impressions, because I can't remember that far back. I just remember playing it once, I didn't think it was that good left on. 
I don't know if I've played a game that had a level completion like this. I'm sure there are some, but the weird thing is just randomly killing as many people as you can. I mean, it doesn't matter who you kill as long as you kill. So that, I thought that was it is well even when you even when you start the game you don't press zero to start the game it's just that press zero kill them yeah 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 and I, see I thought I was like man where is this a level change no mm -hmm. I just that's how it starts the game uh, again you don't have to shoot you don't have to shoot fifty guys or fifty helicopters it's it's any combination of whatever you get right so uh, as I mentioned in the arcade the big selling one of the big selling points in this was the fact that you had a destructible environment do they have that in this game well yes they do. Uh, you'll have buildings, uh, towers, mm -hmm. boxes, all kinds of stuff. The fun, one of the things I did notice, though, that struck me is that, like, even on the first level, and this happens a lot, like, in the arcade and a lot of the ports, you have a wall that you're behind. Mm -hmm. Not in this game. <laughs> There's, There's you nothing. Just get, instantly you're exposed. Yeah. Uh, uh, but a lot of the levels are pretty close to what you would see in the arcade. Uh, again, you're working with a, a muted pad here, uh, you know, you know, three or four colors, but I mean, again, on the, they did a tremendous job separating the colors and the color clash is at a minimum, so that's good. Um, the guys are, if you look at the arcade game, the guys look like guys running around. They look like this, they, they are squatty. They're sort, sort of, of, they're sort of halflings yeah. that are running around. <laughs> it's a hobbit massacre yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, the, one thing that, so I guess we should just get into what we thought. I mean, it's it's basic gameplay. You move around to try to avoid shots and grenades and whatever's coming at you, and then you try to shoot them with your shots and grenades, and you can pick up special weapons, machine guns, and whatnot to, that do, do more damage, <clears throat> which is fine. But at the end of the day, this is a move... And, and well, when I was playing it, this is a move a cursor around the screen with your keyboard game, and then occasionally move yourself. Well, guess what? That stinks. I didn't have any fun moving this game with the cursor. I don't know. I, I didn't read that this had that uh, Spectrum mouse support, but if they were ever going to make a game that had it, this would be the game because it, this would have been a, a much more fun with a with a mouse. Now, did you play this with the stick? I played this with a stick. And so how did it play with a joystick moving that cursor around? Because generally my experiences on that sort of have not been good. Okay, we, this is a game where we, we just have totally different opinions. Okay, I'm, I'm not killing it. I just wanted to see what you thought about with the joysticks. I didn't get to try with the stick. I not only did playing this game with the joystick feel really good, but I love this game. I thought this game was great. Uh, I'm surprised to hear that you don't like this game because this is like everything you love about video games, just mindless, wanton destruction. Think about Walker. I mean, this is like, it's the same concept. You're mowing down dudes until the cows come home. That's true. Um, I mean, it, it, the walk of the controls were a lot easier for me. It, well, it, and of course, you know, with the evolution of things like the mouse and things yeah, like that, it's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it helps. But here are the things that I liked about this game. Number one, there's a ton of stuff going on the screen. Yeah. But I never felt like I was in a situation where it was a bullet hell type. I was dodging things left and right. Like, you can, you can survive. In fact... I didn't move around a whole lot, and I got you know three or four screens in before I started to die. Yeah. And I re and if I would have you know actually spent some more time moving around, I'm sure I could have done a lot better. As we're watching this, every single one of these scenes is so well drawn and so different from all the other scenes. The way that, like you said, the way that he manages to avoid color crash yeah. is insane. Um, the, it's very clever. Yeah, the, the, the destructible environments are all very neat. 
you know, they do as much as the Spectrum can do in terms of, you know, destructible environments. But I just can't get over how well all of these backgrounds are drawn and how different they are. Because when it all comes down to it, you're shooting dudes that come across the screen. You know, there's various types of enemies. It's the other things that make the game special. Now, what did I not like about it? I didn't like the way that you, you know, you can't use the... Uh, the the grenade without touching the keyboard that's a certainly you know, well, a problem for me limitation yeah. of but the right, one yeah. button stick i would have liked to have seen a way to use because i just never used the grenades because i couldn't take my hands off the stick this well, is not a game you can do that what would have been nice is if you could ho have a long press to throw the grenade yeah you know? i mean look at the colors look at the the two different shades of green and the the gradation of the trees you know the bark oh, on no, the trees the, it, the graphics are, are, are quite good this yeah. is probably some of the best graphics just in terms of background art that I've seen on the Spectrum, period. And it's almost a waste that it was wasted on this sort of mindless shooter. Like, I would have liked to have seen this in a different setting. But um, it's so, I don't know. I'm a sucker for, like, well-done background art because background art is not something that you have to do. You can get by with doing the bare minimum. So um, this game, on the whole, really, really impressed me. If you think about it, though, a game like this lends itself to having nice backgrounds because, effectively, the background is just a picture. And then there's some destructible stuff in front of it. Mm -hmm. So it, you should have pretty good-looking backgrounds. Now, it takes a special guy to get moving graphics on top of these backgrounds, obviously. But, but you're talking about... Uh, and admittedly, this is a guy... To put, I mean, put it in perspective, Bagley was involved in the development of the, of the Next, which is, just came out in the past couple weeks. This guy's like a top of his class. So yeah. he's not like he's some kind of scrub. Right, he knew right. what he was doing. Uh, again, for me... Listen, I'm not killing the game. I, everything you said, I pretty much agree with. And it, I played it, and I got I got halfway far. And I, I got to like the on my best game. I think I got to like the the fourth screen. Mm -hmm. um, and with the practice, I could probably do better. And the boss levels are cool. I went I went ahead and watched well into it to see what was you know how it looked. And I'll do like the levels with the water, and some are pretty neat where the guys come up out of the water. But there's a lot going on, and the black and white. Uh, graphics for your character, the enemies, the transparencies, and the bullets of all flying. It made it, it made it hard for me to see what was going on. It was it all kind of blended together, and a lot of times it made it confusing for me. On top of that, I just did not like the. This is one game I, I definitely don't recommend using keyboard for. I mean, you could do it, and I'm sure people got good at it, but I didn't like it. And I'd much rather have a, a mouse mm -hmm. uh, to use, which I know there's an Amiga version. As I looked at some of the uh, some of the footage of that, it looks pretty good. It's supposedly the best yeah. port. And uh, I'm sure it uses the mouse, and that's that's the way to go because this thing, this game was developed as a game where you would use some sort of control device that's not a joystick. And again, joystick games like this often aren't that good. Again, yeah. I didn't, get, I can't say that with this because I didn't try out with a joystick. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> overall, a good a good looking game. Uh, like I said, it was definitely playable. It's just you know for whatever reason, I know this this sort of game. And I'm not a big fan of even like. Operation Wolf. It's it's not necessarily my type of games. It's just it's just some random craziness going on, but I mean, people love it. Now, the Spectrum version had, like I said, it was complete. It had all the levels. The funny thing is, we were talking about the Amiga version. Uh, for whatever reason, and I'd read this before, you know, I'd forgotten about it. But the Amiga and the Atari ST versions don't have uh, level two. So they actually are missing a level, and they only have so actually have less levels than the Spectrum version. Wow! So despite the fact that it looks great and I don't know, it may play great, it's not as complete as this version. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, I liked it. It's just it's not what I would go back and play probably. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting is that when you complete a level on the Spectrum version, 
the guy just kind of walks <laughs> off the screen. He does. He does. He strides <laughs> off the screen. But in the in the in the other versions, like the NES version, he actually does a little dance. He goes woohoo, ba ba da ba, and then that. he jives vertically up the screen. Yeah, I, I think I like it better because that. I mean, who does that? What's going on there? I, I watched that. I was like, what? This one, the guy literally just lumbers off like Tom. Go kill more. That's, a, that's. I think that's the way I like it personally. But. You know, it it is what it is. I mean, the one thing about it is, it's not hard to get into. No, it's a pickup. No. You don't need the docks. You don't need jack squat. It's all there. I I will say I like the uh, like and I like the little flourishes, the Hall of Fame stuff. They did a good job, and like I said, you can see, you could tell right when it boots up that the, whoever worked on this, they knew their stuff. They yeah. had they had the prowess. Um, I looked up some critical reviews of this boat. Okay. Um, this may I'll surprise you, but they were pretty good. Um. The World of Spectrum folks give this an 8.02. I actually was kind of surprised it was that low. Um, Crash gave this a 91. Uh, the Games Machine gave it an 86. Sinclair User gave it an 84. And uh, CBG gave this a 62. They didn't like it. They didn't like it very much at all. And actually, you know, some of the comments they made, uh, they said this was a lousy choice of color, <laughs> among other things. And they said it was a poor conversion to the spectrum. Uh, they didn't like it. So, <laughs> and it, they also commented it was hard to see what was going on. Yeah. So, but I think that score is really low. Now, again, this did come out in '89, so maybe these guys were a little bit spoiled by that point when they were going back to the spectrum and mm -hmm. being like, "Eh, this is not that good." Yeah. But I mean, it's the freaking spectrum. It, it, it's amazing you can get that kind of action out of this, you know, pretty old machine by that date. I agree. Uh, we got some uh, reviews on our Discord channel. Uh, just a reminder that if you support the show on Patreon, uh, you can get access and post your own review. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, says, Cabal Review, 6 out of 10. Cabal is a vertical shooter reminiscent of a more advanced Space Invaders game. The sound <laughs> effects are nice as you do battle armed with your gun. Collecting new weapons gives the game a diverse element, reducing the trauma of repetitive shooting. That's true. We didn't talk about the different weapon upgrades you can get. Oh, I, I mentioned it, but yeah, there are several. And I also didn't mention the sound. And actually, the sound is pretty good. You know, it's so funny because you you do have auto fire in this game, <laughs> and it almost provided this the soundtrack because you'd have that, and then when the grenades would come in, they go. Yeah, and I was having my own little rave. Well, you know, it was fun. So, you're raving, all right. Um, getting back to Paul. However, I didn't like the dual control, the dual function controls. Trying to navigate the crosshair while simultaneously moving your player to dodge hard to see enemy ammunition. Yeah, this was never going to end well. Overall, not one of my not one of my go to games of choice for a shoot 'em up. Graham Vebke writes. I actually think this is a decent port of the arcade game, and it stands up against the C64 port I'm most familiar with. Oh, by the way, the C64, this is one of the rare instances, the C64 port had, it was a totally different game in Europe than it was in the United States. I saw States. that. It had two different releases. Yeah. How bizarre, eh? Um, he said, this 7 out of 10 game has far more going for it than Operation Wolf, yet that game gets all the praise simply because of that mounted Uzi controller, which is, is pretty, pretty good, cool. Yeah. When you look into the gameplay, Cabal is the far superior game. There is some strategy involved to complete the stages. You aren't just only needed to manage your clips, and in Cabal you can destroy the environment around your enemy and you. While it's not the greatest shooter, it's certainly my choice for a war-based shooting gallery. The art in the Spectrum version is fantastic for the Spectrum as well. Chris Fold says, 
This is this style of game I'm a huge fan of, but I do think Baggers did a cracking job at porting this to the Speccy. The controls take a little getting used to, but once you wrap your head around them, it's fine and the graphics work surprisingly well. For me, however, the game lacks depth, but so does the arcade version. Yeah. A fine port, but not a great game to begin with. Six out of ten. See, that's that's sort of the way I feel about it. Mm -hmm. And finally, Pixels at Dawn writes, This is a very decent port of the arcade original, but unfortunately I'm not a big fan of the original either, being really just a worse-looking single-screen Operation Wolf. It looks and sounds great on the 128K, but the gameplay is pretty much scrolling the reticle left and right as you hold down fire. Yeah. The Spectrum version lacks the cool combat rules of the original, and using a joystick is right out because your grenades are out of reach on the keyboard. Plays well enough, but gets boring fast. 6 out of 10. Mm. What do you think of those? Yeah, I think they all make great points. But you, you liked it more. <clears throat> I like this one, you know... Uh, I haven't played a whole lot of these type of shooters on the Speccy, um, but as far as this type of game in general goes, I had just as much fun with this as I have any other game. And again, I guess I'm just a sucker for looks because having such a different, it's almost like Pang. You remember Pang? Yeah, I didn't like that either. So, you know, in Pang, it's it's basically the same thing over and over, but each stage is a pretty backdrop. Yeah. I'm a sucker for the pretty, the you pretty know, backdrop. There was a game on, I believe it was the Neo Geo, that was very similar to this. I'm trying to think of what it was. It wasn't, was it that Nam 1975? Was that what I was Yes, thinking? That? yeah, you're okay. that's right. Because uh, I was like, this reminded me so much of something, and I, and I, I couldn't remember what it was, but I remember it was on the Neo Geo. Yeah, there there are some games that, uh, that this, uh, there was a sequel, an official sequel called Blood Brothers that came out in the arcade. Did you, did you look that? I looked at a little bit of footage of that, and it looked... It was Old West. Yeah. How yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it was a cowboy and Indian deal. They, did the, they went the Lethal Enforcers route with similar results. Right, killing right. Killing the franchise. And of course, Nom 1975 is sort of the uh, the uh, evolution of this genre, you know, in the with the Neo Geo trimmings. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I looked this up on, on the eBay boat. Of course, you're not going to get this in the States, but if you're lucky enough to be over in the UK, uh, you can get these all day long. I saw them going anywhere between 7 to $30. $30 being the hopefuls. $7 being the realist. <laughs> um, I do want to remind everybody that if you have not, it would really help us out tremendously if you could go over to iTunes and leave us a review for this podcast. Even if you don't use uh, the iTunes uh, podcast player, uh, that so much of, uh, of the other podcatchers do use that as a base for things like recommendations. So uh, if, you, if, you, if you enjoy the show, we'd, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a review over there. It would be really great. And I also, of course, Aaron, we really appreciate the people that are watching us live yeah. on Twitch. We record the show live around 5.30 every Friday night on twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. You can join the fine folks like G Webkeys here, Treyguard82, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, our mod supreme. Uh, Polyester Lynx is here, uh, go to go sub. Um, Skior Bjorn and Darkwing 602 is here. Burdett 25159. Uh, nice, nice little crew. Edvin Helland is here. Wishbone. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And um, of course, we want to thank all the fine folks that support the show through subscribing on Twitch. Still adolescing. Bike me. Chris Folds. Lasooner. Piplo. Go to go sub. Real Joe the Zombie. Paku Take. Rushi MSX, Frodo NL, Buck Owens, Anguish Auteur, 
Retro Jerry, Mitsuyama, Brother Bill, The Slow, Norris, Uber Scooper Diver, and G. Vebke. Uh, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, uh, you can support the show and it will cost you nothing. Just go over to twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming and click subscribe and your Amazon Prime and gives you one free sub per month. And finally, Aaron, we thank Boss Man uh, just for, for being around. He's the mostly. boss, man. But he also was the, the chooser of this game. He's a member of Clive's Club. This seems like a Boss Man type game. It does. I mean, he's awesome oh, at man. it, too. He yeah. goes to town yeah. on this thing. Um, and we want to thank, of course, all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, Mark Downey, Hermsky, Andrew Waite, David Spencer, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham Vebke, Frodo and L, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Foles, Paul Bossman Harrington, and Christopher Hassall. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. Next week, Aaron, mm-hmm. we're going back the mystical, magical land of um, egg that's moving around. Of what? An egg that's moving around. Uh-oh. It's magic land dizzy. Uh-oh. Okay. We're, di- we're going to get dizzy again. Huh? <laughs> we, have, back. we have such a great record with these dizzy games. This one so. I'm sure we'll be great at. <laughs> I feel like we've played enough of these things where we should be getting good at one of them. I know, yeah. I know. Well, Pixels at Dawn chose this one. He'll have to show us some tips over on the Discord. Um, but we will join you next week for another episode.